Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. excited about what we're talking about today. We just started a series called Dr. Jesus. Can you say Dr. Jesus? Now, now I know some people might think that's a little disrespectful, Dr. Jesus, like he's just some physician. No, no, no. He's our primary physician. Jesus is our primary physician. He's, he's the man. He's the one that we run to. Do you know whoever you run to first is who you depend on? I said, whoever you run to first is who you depend on. Whoever you call first is who you depend on. When you hit a problem, when you hit a situation, uh, you know, if you run to Google, then you say, Google's the man, you know, and Google is pretty awesome, right? Okay. Uh, If you go to, if you have a primary physician that you say, that's who I contact, or I have a friend, they know what to do, or they know. Can I tell you, Dr. Jesus, Jesus Christ, he wants us to run to him for everything first, now, we're not against doctors. You know, if it wasn't for doctors, a lot of Christians would be dead. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. We're all on the same side as doctors and, and uh, nurses and all the medical field and everyone. But can I remind you that it's not that we have doctors and all the medical field and all these things, and then when we run out of solutions, then there's home remedies and all this, and then when we run out of that, then it's what it, you know all our friends do. And then at the end of the day, well, I guess I'll have to pray. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Jesus is first. Amen? Come on. I said Jesus is first. So we run to him first and we run to his word first. That's why uh, the series, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do we call this? And he said, you know, I, I, I really sense we're supposed to call it Dr. Jesus, okay? And so Dr. Jesus, he's our primary physician. He's the first one that we run to. And I'm going to uh, go over some things. Last week I introduced uh, to you that uh, healing is provided for us in the plan of God, in the redemptive plan of God. Healing is provided. Now, we and I showed you three scriptures. The Bible says, "Out of uh, everything, uh, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established." So, anytime someone tries to say some doctrine out of just some one scripture, they're going to get way off. But I showed you three scriptures last week, and we focused on those. And I'm just going to read those to you. Isaiah chapter 53 says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Out of the NIV version, it says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Another version says, he took our diseases. And he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Can we say this together? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Right here, it shows one of the reasons Jesus came. He was wounded for our transgressions. He came to take our sins. He came to take our iniquities and to forgive us. But he also came to provide peace, and he also came to provide healing. So did Jesus die on the cross to heal us, or didn't he? He did. He did. Now, someone someone might say, well, you know, that was talking about spiritual uh, healing. Well, if you're spiritually dead, you don't need to be healed. You don't go heal a dead man. You ever seen someone uh, walking in the doctor's office and someone sitting next to him, you say, who is that? Oh, that's my brother. He died a couple of days ago, and I'm just checking him in to get healed. No, no, no. Dead men need to be revived, right? And, and, and when we were born again, he didn't heal our spirits. We were reborn. 
We're, we're reborn. I read that to you out of, out of Ezekiel last week that he said, I'll put a new spirit within him. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. We, we didn't heal us. He actually uh, caused us to be reborn. And if the only thing Jesus did on the cross was to take our sins and cause us to go to heaven, that would be enough. Can someone say amen? That's the ultimate thing. I mean, that we're all going to spend eternal life with Jesus and we have his presence in our life. But can I tell you, it's not the only thing that he provided on the cross. He provided healing on the cross. And as sure as salvation is healing, he he paid for it. It's not something that he's just doing like a benevolent, like, well, could you also, you know, could you also throw that in, Lord? And you're like, oh, I'll think about it. Let me just see if I'm going to do it or not. No, it's something that he provided for us on the cross. Now, someone might say what? Because in the book of Matthew chapter 8, when they're commenting on Jesus' ministry, Jesus said, when evening had come, or it says about Jesus, when evening had come in Matthew 8, 16, uh, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. <laughs> That's like Halloween. Demon-possessed. How many of you know that there were demons in people back in Jesus' day? How many know that there are demons in people today? <laughs> Somebody say, I know some of them, right? <laughs> don't, don't point them out <laughs> if, if they're around here. There's demons that were in people back there, and there's demons that are in people today. And can I tell you, um, uh, someone says, I don't believe in casting out demons. So are you going to leave them in? I mean, what, what are you going to do, right? So Jesus had demon-possessed people around him. And how many people, well, they brought to him many demon-possessed. Could you imagine to just say, hey, next service, by the way, we're going to bring in a bunch of demon-possessed people, and they're all just going to that would be a, quite a service, right? So they brought him in many people who were demon-possessed, and he, notice, he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all, can you say all? Who were sick. It means the same in Greek too. All. All is all, right? Right? He healed all who were sick. Notice that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Well, we see uh, Matthew, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pointed out here that Jesus took infirmities and bore sicknesses. That's real sicknesses so that Isaiah could be fulfilled. So if Isaiah really didn't intend to mean sickness and disease, then the Holy Spirit didn't know it because it's not in the Word. I mean, it wouldn't be written up in the Word this way. But it's written up in the Word this way because he's showing that on the cross, Jesus took our healing. Jesus took our sickness, should I say, and provided healing for us. Somebody say amen. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And, uh, and then in 1 Peter 2.24 it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree. Are you glad he took your sins? Yeah. He says, uh, having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Let's say that last part together. By whose stripes you were healed. Well, if you were healed, then you are healed. If you were healed, then you're not trying to get God to heal you. I said, if you were healed, then you're not trying to get God to heal you. God, would you just come down here and just touch my little, God, would you just, almost like we're trying to talk God. God is not going to do anything else for you about healing than he's already done on the cross. He's not going to come down and die again. He's already provided healing. Now he said, in my name, these signs will follow those who believe and one of the things was they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who lays hands on the sick? Who? Jesus? Jesus, I just pray you come lay your hands on him. He's not going to do it. 
He's not going to come lay his hands on you. Have anyone ever had Jesus, maybe I shouldn't ask that question, maybe someone does. Did anyone ever had Jesus come lay their hands on him? No, someone else has laid hands on you, right? And what happened? Well, it wasn't your power, it was the power of Jesus Christ. Just like if I go flip on, uh, if there's no lights in this room, and someone says, let's just pray that there be lights. I just pray that there be lights, and Lord, I just pray that there be lights. Someone says, why pray? Just go flip on the switch, and they go flip on the switch. Well, was it your power? That caused the lights to come on? No, it's the power of MLGW, right? Memphis Lights, Gas, and Water that happened. But it was you who flipped on the switch, right? What happened? When you pray for them, it's not you that heals them. It's the power of God. But you have to flip on the switch. How do you do it? You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? Amen? So uh, so why a lot of times people don't believe in healing because they have all these reasons. Well, I prayed for Uncle Bill, and he didn't get healed, and I prayed for Aunt Jane, and he didn't get healed. I said last week that when you talk, when you read the Bible, you have to let the Bible interpret the Bible, not your experience interpret the Bible. If you let your experience interpret the Bible, you will talk yourself out of what the Scripture just actually says over and over and over and over and over again. Somebody, amen? You have to come back and say, what does the Bible actually say? Who himself bore his own, his own, or our sins in his own body on a tree that we haven't died to sin might live to righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Again, your spirit doesn't get healed. Your spirit gets reborn, but your body gets healed. He provided healing on the cross. So today, I want you to look at John chapter 10. Look at John chapter 10 and verse 27. And it says this. Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice. Can you say that today? My sheep hear my voice. I know some people say, I get afraid of those people who hear from God. Well, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I get afraid of people that don't, (laughs) right? My sheep hear my voice. He says, and I know them and they follow me. Uh, that's, Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So let me ask you a question. Whose voice are you obeying? Whose voice are you hearing? Whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the diagnosis of Dr. Jesus? Are you listening to the prescription of the Lord? Or are you listening to just somebody else? It's important for us to hear the voice of the Lord. Whose voice are you obeying and listening to? And then uh, a few verses before Jesus says this, and I, I won't read the whole passage, but he says in John 10, 5, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. They do not know the voice of strangers. Notice, they know the voice of the shepherd, but they don't know the voice of strangers. So whose voice do we listen to? The voice of Jesus, right? The voice of the word of God, not the voice of strangers. What if you got a call this afternoon and the call, uh, you said, hello, who is this? And they said, oh, this is your former boss of a company you used to work at. And uh, I need you to show up at boss. Uh, I don't work tomorrow morning. And you'd say, who is this? <laughs> it's your former boss. Uh, I don't work there anymore. Uh, but you stayed on the phone and they convinced you to show up to work tomorrow at 9 o'clock, right? Yeah, I think you just hang up the phone and say, oh, that person's crazy. But do you know what happens is we're listening to voices of someone that we used to serve, someone that we used to follow, someone even of an old covenant that we used to be you know, under. We're listening to and say, if I don't do everything right, if I don't have all this stuff together, then the Lord won't. And we're, we're coming back and listening to an old voice instead of coming and saying, I listen to the voice of the shepherd. 
I listen to the Lord. Amen? So whose voice should we be listening to? I said, whose voice should we be listening to? Yeah, because if you listen to the voice of an old employee, what are you going to be doing? Employer, you're going to be following them and go back. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, it says uh, of whom you once conducted yourself prior, you know, before this life, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, you used to walk this way you used to listen to this voice hang up the phone quit following the voice of reason quit following the voice of the past of your experience of someone that told you that Jesus won't do these things listen to the voice of the shepherd somebody say amen because the voice of the shepherd will lead you the, the way, he'll lead you into his will, into his plan. That's a word for somebody today. You're wanting to find out what every voice out there says. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what every voice says. It's, it matters what the Lord says. If it's not in his word and it's not what something that he is pointing out to you, it's something that it's important to listen to the voice of the Lord. The best way to develop, some people might say, I don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord. I don't really know what to do. Well, the best way to develop knowing the voice of the Lord is to hear what he already said. Hear what he's already said before. Let me, let me give you an example. Like, for instance, there's some people who, uh, and, and, you know, and I love, they love C.S. Lewis, okay? And C.S. Lewis is a great writer and a, just a, a, was a great man of God. And, um, and people can quote C.S. Lewis, and they've read all his books multiple times, and they, they'll say, well, C.S. Lewis said this, and C.S. Lewis said that, and C.S. Lewis says this. Well, eventually, if they're so much into what he said, they'll say, C.S. Lewis would say, right? See, they, 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 they meditated so much, so to speak, on what he did say that eventually they'll hit a situation and they'll say, well, he would say this and he would say that. Do you know that's the way it is with the Lord? Some people want to develop the voice of the Lord, but they never want to crack open the word. They want to hear what God is going to say, but they don't want to spend the time to find out what he already did say. If you don't ever hear the Lord speak in your heart or hear speak in your ear, but you just had the written word of God and meditated on, meditated on that, I'm telling you, you will catch so many things from the Lord. That's why I encourage every person at Memphis Tabernacle, and really I encourage early in the New Testament, would you read your Bible every day? Would you open up and read primarily in the New Testament? Now, I, I, we read our Bibles in a one-year Bible program and read the whole Bible, but can I tell you there's something about reading those words in red, what Jesus said, and reading the letters written to the church in the New Covenant, that we get God's word and God's plan and God's voice in our heart to where now we're praying about a situation and all of a sudden something comes comes up and we say, oh, I, I sense the Lord wants me to do that. Well, where did you get that from? Well, because you've been meditating, you've been planting the seed. You don't plant seed when you need harvest. If you need harvest, you don't say, well, I guess I better start planting. You plant seed before you need harvest, right? 
So you have to plant seed ahead of time. Get the seed down in there ahead of time. That's why you don't plant seed about healing when you need healing. Well, you do if you need healing. You really, you like saturate in it. But you plant seed constantly in your heart so that when you need the fruit of it, you can pick it off and you have it, right? You plant, if you're under condemnation, start planting that seed until the water of the word washes out all that crap, all that stuff out of your heart, you know? All those thoughts that come from the strangers or from the, someone else. You have to plant and get the word of the Lord inside of your heart. So the best way to develop knowing the voice of the Lord is to meditate on what he already did say. Listen, if you don't read your Bible every day, let me give you a recommendation. Go to memphistabernacle.com and go under resources, and we have a Bible reading plan. Just take the New Testament reading plan every day. It'll take you about six to eight minutes. Every day, just read a chapter. And it's a good time to start because we're in the book of John. It's not like the book of Ezekiel or, or the book of uh, Numbers or something. You're like, what is this, a dictionary? No, it's, it's the book of John. It's a good time to start. So start reading your Bible every day. And then what do I do? Then SOAP, S-O-A-P. SOAP is scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It's a great way to start hearing from the Lord. It's you basically take one verse out of that and you write it down. It narrows the focus on what you read. This is one verse. And then observation is what is it saying? And then application, the A, is what is it saying to me? And then prayer is what is my response? So SOAP is a way I do it all. I, I mean, this is a constant. I do it. My family does it. My, my, our leadership does it, is that we soap every day. It's a good, good way to soap. Anyway, right? It's a good way to soap and clean yourself. Let the washing of the water of the word uh, happen in your life on a regular basis. And then after you have those things and you're consistent in those things, then uh, add in the Old Testament. Well, some people will say, well, why do you even need the Old Testament? Well, because in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says these things happened to them. Who? Old Testament. He says as examples for us, and they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So in other words, make sure that you understand the examples that are back in the Old Testament because a lot of those things do apply and those stories do apply to us. So what we want to know is what is the Lord saying to us? What is the Lord saying to the people at this church, at this time, in this place? I'll tell you what I believe that he's saying with all of my heart. He's saying that it's his will to heal you. It's his will to heal you. I don't know who's told you that it's God's will to keep sickness on you, but it's just not true. It's just not true. It's God's will to heal you. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Notice it doesn't say the thief comes. It says the thief doesn't come for any other reason than to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. He never comes to party. He never comes to show you a good time. It's always he has a hidden agenda, and the agenda is exposed in these words that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life. Can you say life? But he didn't stop there. That would have been enough, eternal life. But he said, but I want him to have full life. This is called the full gospel. He wants you to have, he wants you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to have blessing upon your life. I'm not talking about bling to where you self-implode and you become all about you. But I'm talking about he wants you to have provision. He wants you to have healing. Just, it would be sort of the same things you'd want for your own kids. Just think about what you'd want for your own kids. You want them to prosper and to to be who God's called them to be in your life. That's what God wants over your life. He said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. He wants fullness 
over your life to the full, full life, not just barely squeezing by. I know some people preach this barely squeezing by gospel. I just want to get into heaven as long as I can get into heaven. No, no, no. Full life, full life, abundant life. Walking out the plan of God for your life. Walking in fullness of life. It's called fulfillment. Can you say the word fulfillment? Fulfillment. Jesus came to give us fulfillment. Fulfillment. A fulfilled life in the will of God, of course. Not self-fulfillment. Self-gratification. But the fullness of God. That's why Jesus came. That's why we need to hear his voice. So let me tell you this morning. Healing belongs to you. Healing isn't something you have to beg for. Healing is something that was paid for on the cross. Healing is something that God promises you, that he gives you. But what about, I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about what the Lord said. Let's just stick with his voice. Healing belongs to you. Some people say, but I don't deserve healing. You're right. You don't deserve salvation either. So if you're deserving of it is, let's just just go to hell. No, I'm kidding. If you're deserving of it is, then you couldn't qualify for heaven. We don't go to heaven because we deserve it. We don't get healed because we deserve it. We don't get free. We don't get restored because we deserve it. It's all called grace. It's all unmerited favor. It's all something that God freely gives us. Somebody say amen. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, say all, his benefits, plural, benefits. Some people preach, forget not all his benefits. I shared with you the example, the story last week that, um, that we have a dentist and uh, that, a new dentist that we uh, have and T- Tiffany came and gave, we have insurance cards and she came and uh, gave one insurance card and she forgot to give the other insurance card to him and so I'm getting these bills. Bills come to Big Papa. So they come to me and then I pay the bills, okay? And I, I make sure that I write out the checks and, or pay it online or whatever. They come back to me. And so I, I'm getting these bills and I'm like, what's this bill? I thought we had insurance. Okay, and so we pay the bill and then I paid another bill then I paid another bill and then I got a bill and I said, Tiffany, did you give him the insurance card? Yeah, I gave him the insurance card. So I go, and, uh, and, and, I, and I, I was at the dentist, and I said, hey, um, did my wife give you the insurance card? She said, yeah, we, she gave us one of the insurance cards. I, she gave us an insurance card. I said, did she give you the other one? Oh, no, she just gave us one. She said, you have another insurance card? I have two insurance cards. Forget not all his benefits. I have two. I have one that covers general, and I have one that, like, covers the rest. Why am I paying the rest? And then she said, oh, Mr. Dearman, we didn't have the other card. I said, well, here's the card. I showed him the card, and they put it in the system. I'll call you back. She calls me back this week. She said, Mr. Dearman, I just have one thing to tell you. Quit paying the bills. I said, what's going on? I said, will you send me a bill? I pay it. And they said, well, quit paying it. I said, well, quit sending me the bill. She sent me the bill. I pay the bill. I don't want to go to collections. I pay the bill. So I pay the bill. And so she says, no, 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 listen to me. Like she was clear. She goes, listen to me. Stop paying the bill. She said, even if it comes to you, I'm sorry it comes to you, but stop paying the bill. She said, and, and I said, well, but, but I, have a, I have to get a crown on my, because I cracked my tooth eating ice cream like two weeks ago. I don't know how I did it. But it was good. Okay. So I cracked my tooth, and I have to go get a crown on it. And I said, but I paid for half the crown up front, and I have to pay for the other half of the crown uh, on the back. I said, what do I do about that half a crown? She said, don't, Mr. Jimman, don't pay the bill. Don't pay. You don't pay anything else. You're going to get a return. We're going to pay you back for all the stuff that you paid. And I said, but, 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 but why are you sending me the bill? She said, listen, if you have problems, you just call and say, Marva. You talk to Marva. Marva's going to take care of you, and you will not go to collections. You will not get I said, okay, because I have good credit. I just want to make sure that... 
No, Mr. Gentleman, you have nothing to worry about. Can I tell you, the Lord is saying to you, stop paying your bill. Stop paying for your own healing. Stop making working it all out and thinking that you don't have a healer. You don't have a provider. You don't have someone who's already taken care of it and paid the price. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all. All. How many sins does the Lord forgive? 99%? All. Who heals all. How many? You think think the Lord slipped that by, by mistake and wrote that? I didn't mean to say that. Shoot. It's already in the word. What do I do? How do I pull that back? That's, that's no mistake, and it's all throughout the word. How many people did Jesus came to Jesus and said, heal me? Did Jesus say no? There's three questions. Yes, no, maybe. Yes, no, wait, maybe. If it be God's will, he's trying to teach you a lesson. He's trying to. Where, where did, you, did you just ever do that? No, he said, if you're willing, make me clean. Did he say, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? You been in any sin? Huh? You doing it? No. He just said, I'm willing, be healed. Bam. Yeah, I'm willing, be healed. There's, you don't see it. Jesus turned anybody away for healing. And he still, he still I don't believe he still does. He does. He does today. The Bible says, the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But it takes us believing. Do you know Satan would want you to believe that Jesus wants you sick? Jesus does not want you sick. It's not in the word. I don't see it. I'll sit down with you and talk with you about it. It's not in the word. Jesus does not want you to be sick. He died for, Jesus does not want you to be in sin and bondage, and he doesn't want you to be sick. He died on the cross for it. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth would re- is renewed like eagles. That's better than oil of olay, right? That's better than, than, than old person's cream or old person's rejuvenation or, or vitality or whatever it is, right? He's saying, what is he doing? He's going to put good. Notice where, where he's going to, how your youth is going to renew be new renewed like eagles because you speak different things. Because the Bible says your body follows your tongue, right? You get old, I believe. I, I know everybody's going to get old and everybody's going to die at some point, but I'm just saying. Uh, but, but the thing is, he said your youth, he satisfies what? Your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Notice your vitality and your age is attached to your words. <clears throat> Whoops. Okay. Satan would want us to believe that God doesn't want to do all these things, but let me tell you, he wants you to have fullness of life. If nobody else tells you that, I'm going to tell you, he wants you to have fullness of life. I want to show you this in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. I'm just going to show you a couple of things here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. This is the New Testament, and it's written to Gentiles, not Jews. So he's saying Gentiles, that's most of us. Most of us aren't Jewish in here. Okay, and he says this. Christ has... Can you read this with me on the screens? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, two things. He's redeemed us. What does redeem mean? Well, redeem means just to buy back. 
from the curse of the law. I know redeemed because my wife likes coupons, okay. She likes coupons. And, and we'd, we'd have, uh, in California, we had a Kohl's, you know, uh, by us. And we had a JCPenney's by us. And she'd go in there and she'd say, I'm going to go shopping. And I'm going to get a couple of things, you know, for me and the kids and such. And, uh, and she'd say, and I say, I remember going shopping with her every once in a while. It's painful, but I do it. Okay, I'll go with her, and she goes, she has back, you know, puts all the stuff in the basket, and then I say, do you have this in your budget? Well, I'm asking for a reason, because we did the budget together, and she doesn't. Okay, so, so she'll go, oh, no, we're good, we're good, and she'll put all that stuff in the basket, and then we'll get up to the counter, and it'll go check, 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 and they'll fold the clothes and check, check, and then the bill's getting higher and higher and higher, and I'll say, baby, do you have the money for all this stuff? You're not going to put it on credit card, right? We're trying to get out of this credit card. And uh, she says, no, I have coupons. She pulls out the magic coupons, right? And then they say, you know, 20% off this, 30% off this. She puts all these coupons. I mean, it's almost to the place where they pay you to go, you know, to, to take clothes home. I'm like, baby, how did you do this? It's coupons, right? It's coupons. She has these coupons. And people are just masters at coupons. But can I tell you, with healing, there is something called redemption. Under redemption, you do have to know that there's two things. There's terms. What are the terms? And what is the expiration date? Some people believe that healing is not under the plan, the redemptive plan of God. Many people believe that. And many people believe that it, it maybe it is if he wants to, but it's, been, but it's been expired. So they go and they put some date, you know, like you go to turn in a coupon, they say expired 2018. And they say, oh, man, where'd you even get that coupon, man? Clean out your purse. You know, but the thing is, some people think that about healing, is that they go and they beg God for healing because it's not really, it's, it's something if God wants to do it, he does, and if he doesn't, uh, he, you know, he doesn't do it. Let me tell you, he's redeemed you. He's already bought you back. Christ has redeemed you. Forget not all his benefits. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The second question I ask is this, is um, what is the curse of the law? What is the curse of the law? The curse of the law is, if you look back in the book of Deuteronomy and chapter 28, and you read the curses of the law, they're bad. Like, they're really bad. But it boils down to three things. One is poverty, one is sickness, and one is spiritual death. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. What is poverty? It means you step out to go do things and they don't work. They, they, they dry up. You plant a tree and it doesn't bear fruit. Sickness means that you get sick. In fact, it got so bad that at the end of Deuteronomy, it says here, Deuteronomy 28, 61, also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book, he says all these, all these sicknesses are going to come upon you, but also the sicknesses uh, that are not written, they're going to come upon you, and he says, uh, and the Lord will bring them upon you until you are destroyed. That's really bad. Because that was the curse of the law. It's for people who don't walk in obedience back in, the, back in the old covenant. People who don't walk in obedience and they're walking under this curse. And then spiritual death. What does that mean? It means you go to hell when you die. It, 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 you, well, you don't go to heaven. You don't go spend eternity with Jesus. So the Bible says here that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, he's provided redemption for you. But if you, if you go and you, like, you don't bring the coupon or you go and you say, I don't have it. Well, sorry, you're out of luck. We can't do anything for you. You just have to pay full price for yourself. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. What are we redeemed from? We're redeemed from poverty. We're redeemed from sickness. And we're redeemed from spiritual death. And I think sometimes people just believe they're, they're redeemed from spiritual death. 
But they don't believe that God is, on, is backing them or is on their side. You believe it for your own. You would believe it for your own life about your own kids. You'd never think you're a bad father or son. But you think God has stepped down. And that's why Jesus had to say, if you wouldn't do it for your own kids, he's the one who made the comparison. How much more will the heavenly father give? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open. Jesus is an extremist when he comes to prayer and asking He loves to give. In fact, he says the Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. Let me tell you, sickness is under the curse of the law. It's not under the blessing of God. You don't find sickness uh, under the law, uh, under, under the blessing. Blessing is the healing. Blessing is provision. Blessing is your business is blessed. Blessing is you have something on your life. It's, it's not, it's not, a dollar amount. It's not a certain thing. It's, it's the hand of God on your life. It's called the blessing of God that's over your life. That is what he's provided for you in Christ Jesus, and he's redeemed you from the curses that are in the law. Well, why do you got to bring up the law? No, Galatians brought up the law to the church. Galatians is the one that says, so that the blessing of Abraham, what blessing? He's saying, remember all the things I told Abraham, that I'd make Abraham, I'd, I'd make him, you know, rich and taken care of. Again, you might say, is this prosperity? Yes. It's the blessing of God. Not for corruption, not for greed, but for to be a blessing. Abraham wasn't rich to be blessed. Abraham was rich to be a blessing to everyone else. God doesn't want you wealthy and taken care of so that you'll spend it on yourself and turn away from him. He'd never want that. He's a, he's a bad father. But you know what he does want? If you don't have some money in your pocket, how are you going to be a blessing to other people? Right? You want to be able to be a blessing to other people and have a heart. That's the heart of the Lord for other people. Okay? So the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let me tell you, sickness comes from Satan, not from God. I said, sickness comes from Satan, not from God. Let me just read a couple of verses to you. Acts 10.38 says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Every one of these sick people that Jesus healed, the Bible says that they were oppressed by the devil. Um, The Bible calls sickness satanic oppression. Don't associate with sickness as if it's just some little, oh, yeah, I'm sick. I just did it. Did it. No, let me just tell you, I, I'm not saying, you know, to be afraid of it, but I'm just saying it's one of those things that it's not from God. God wants you to get on the other side of it, and if Satan can get it, I've watched people uh, hold on to sickness to the point where it's taken them out of their, their calling and their life and their ministry and their things. That's what Satan really wants to do. Somebody say amen. I know I'm touching on a, on a subject that some people say, man, that's pretty extreme. Jesus is extreme. I know it. The word of God is extreme through this. There's, there's hundreds of, literally, that we could go over. There's, I mean, I know, I know 100 scriptures probably that we could just go over scripture by church. I'm just trying to show you some of the main ones. Every one of these sick people, they were oppressed by the devil. The, calls, the, the, the Bible calls them here a satanic oppression. Jesus is the deliverer. Satan is the oppressor. I said, Jesus is the deliverer. Satan is the oppressor. He doesn't want you to be in sin, and he doesn't want you to remain sick. Luke chapter 13, verse 16 says this. Jesus is saying about this woman who was a a Jew, a daughter of Abraham. 
And she was, the Bible says she was bent over. If you read earlier in the chapter, she was bent over. And so she comes to Jesus for healing. But the religious people didn't want her healed on the Sabbath. It was church day. You're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, he says, so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham who Satan has bound. Notice he calls the sick person someone that Satan's bound. How many of you know that Satan loves you to be sick? said, how many of you know that Satan loves you to be sick? Yeah. Who Satan has bound for 18 years? Think of it. He says, shouldn't this woman be loosed from this bond, from this bondage on the Sabbath? You're going to keep her sick for another day? Satan's bound her? See, this woman couldn't stand up straight. Satan bound her. Jesus wanted to loose her. And then we know in John 10, 10, we've read it several times, the thief comes to take away. But Jesus says, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. 1 John 3, 8 says, who, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, look at this, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Can you say that last line? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? To steal, kill, destroy. And you see the power of the devil was here, was to cause people to be sick. And what did Jesus do? The anointing came on him to heal all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. See, sickness isn't something you want to associate with. Sickness is something that you want to get rid of. You want to get out of your body. You want to get free from. Well, how do I ever die if I'm sick? You just stop breathing. But I believe you ought to die well. I believe God wants people to be healed. I believe God wants people to be well. I believe God wants you to have vitality and have life to the full. Somebody say amen. I know some of you, I can feel it. You're wrestling with it. You're wrestling with the concept because you haven't been taught that way. But let me say, let Jesus reteach you. Go back and read the words of Jesus. Don't listen to my words. Go back and read the words of Jesus. Go back and read the ministry of Jesus. Jesus came primarily for three things. He came to preach the gospel. He came to teach so that people can understand the new covenant of love, and he came to heal. Those three things. It's a third of his ministry. Jesus was either preaching, teaching, or healing somewhere. That's what he was doing all the time. Let me wrap up by, by, uh, by this. What are the works of the devil? Well, he's, he's here to steal, kill, and to, to destroy in your life. Sickness comes from Satan, not from God. Sickness comes from Satan, not from God. Well... If healing is from God, why doesn't it come automatically? <laughs> Isn't that a good question? If, healing, if, if God's provided healing, why doesn't it come automatically? Well, healing doesn't fall on people automatically any more than salvation falls on people automatically. You ever see salvation just fall on people automatically? No, they have to receive by faith. And they have to be taught, right? Uh, Romans chapter 10 says, how shall they believe in whom they have not heard and how they shall they hear without a preacher? So here you have a preacher and I'm preaching the word of God to convince you, to tell you that Jesus wants healing for you. Just like he wants salvation and forgiveness of sins, he wants healing for you. And then what happens? Well, if you hear it enough, you start believing it. And if you believe it, then you can receive it. Then you get your hands out in front of you and you watch. I have watched hundreds of people get healed this way. I'm just telling you, I've watched people who've been, had terminal diseases. I've watched people who, who have prayed for 20 years and they couldn't get healed. And they start understanding that healing didn't come from God. God didn't put that on them. And they say, why was I taught that? 
Because Satan knows that if he can convince you that healing's from the Lord and that he's provided it for you, then you can be healed. Satan wants to keep that message away from you. He fights it. Amen. Come on, amen. Healing doesn't fall on people automatically any more than salvation falls on people automatically. You receive it by faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God concerning what? The word of God concerning healing. What is, what is the prayer of faith? How do I have faith? Well, if it's for salvation, you have faith that you are saved. How many would call themselves saved? Yeah, but how many people feel saved all the time? Hardly anybody. Yeah. I mean feel saved, like their feelings. How many people are healed? But how many people feel healed all the time? You don't. So you're not the sick trying to get healed. Listen, you're the healed. Telling this sickness it can't stay on your body. Why? Because Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I'm healed today. Amen? Come on, somebody say it. I'm healed today. I'm forgiven today. It's been provided for me by his stripes. I'm healed. Come on, say it with me. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm well. And then you say, well, 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 well wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that God always wants us to be healed? Yes, without a doubt. Jesus, if he, Jesus were standing on this platform, he'd say the same thing. I believe it with all my heart that he wants every person to be healed. Wants every person to be well. You don't see him say anything else in the word. That's what he died for. That's what he provided. I think that's what we'll all believe and know. And we just don't believe it because we've been taught something else. This is Jesus we're talking about. He guarantees healing for us. Next week, we're going to have a prayer team. Uh, and they're going to, according to James chapter 5, anoint every person who wants to, who wants prayer for healing, anoint them with oil. But listen, I'll just say it up front. I don't want any prayer team who prays wimpy prayers. I don't want any prayer team that prays prayers of, I've had people, when I was sick, I've had people lay hands on me and pray for me, and they started praying, and I've had to stop them. I've said, hey, I could have my next door neighbor who doesn't know the Lord pray for me better than that. I, 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 don't, need a, I don't need a prayer like that. You just, said, you just said nonsense and how good of a person I was and how I deserve it. I don't deserve, I don't deserve healing. I don't get it because I deserve it. And I don't need you to pray, God, whatever you're doing. and whatever. Just pray what Jesus prayed. What did Jesus pray? Jesus said, if you're willing, be healed. And Jesus said, I'm willing, be healed. Jesus prayed short prayers. I've heard people pray prayers for five minutes on healing, and I don't even know what they said. We just need to come back to the Word of God and pray what the Word of God says. Well, what if we don't see it happen? Well, I'm going to talk about that. Just stick with me on this series. I'm going to talk about that. What if we don't see it to happen? I believe that the majority of the time you don't see it happen instantly. That's why it says lay hands on the sick and they shall instantly be healed. Is that what it says? Lay hands on the sick and they shall what? They shall recover. What does the doctor say when you say, hey, I'm going through such and such? They say, let me prescribe this for you. And they say, take this three times a day. And in two weeks, you'll recover. You'll be better. But, what, but you instantly feel better because you believe the doctor. And they gave you the prescription. 
And you, and what do you start saying? He said, I'm going to start feeling better. And I already feel better. I haven't even taken the medicine. I already feel better. Uh, just because of the word, the, the diagnosis. Let me tell you, lay hands on the sick. I believe when I lay my hands on someone for them to recover, recovery starts now. Recovery starts now. In Jesus' name, according to the word of God. And that's what the Bible says. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Whose faith? Well, I think it's everybody's faith, right? The, 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 you throw a touchdown. Is it the quarterback that got the touchdown or the receiver? Well, it's both, right? You need a good prayer. You need a good, but they both need faith. Let me tell you, I believe, and I'm, and I'm saying it, we are going to see supernatural signs and wonders done here at Memphis Tabernacle. But we're not going to see it by wishing and just having God do some sovereign move uh, that we don't even know if he's going to do it or not. We're going to do it. It is a sovereign move. But it is something that we're going to believe God and come back to the Word of God, the pure, simple Word of God, and take Him at His Word and listen to Jesus more than we listen to everybody else. And you watch. We're going to see signs and wonders. We're going to see the miraculous happen. Why? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? It all starts with faith comes by hearing. It all starts with hearing the Word of God. It happens with salvation, but it also happens with healing, with restoration, with deliverance, with freedom, and with every other area in our lives. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's just thank the Lord right now. Right where you are, just inside, where you receive healing is in your heart, not just in your body. You receive it in your heart. You receive, just like you receive salvation, just like you worship, you worship from your spirit. Receive in your heart what God said. Receive the words of God the healing words of God into your spirit right now. And say, Lord, I thank you for healing right now. Come on, let's just begin to thank him right now. Lord, I thank you for healing. Those who are sick, would you open your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I receive healing right now in the name of Jesus. I receive healing right now. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that every person here at Memphis Tabernacle would receive the healing power of God, the healing presence of God. Not because we came up with this, but because you said these signs will follow. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It wasn't an if, and, or but, Lord. It wasn't a percentage. It was a fact. You've provided it, Lord, and we thank you for it. And God, I speak to all sickness and all disease in this room right now. I speak to all sickness and disease from those watching online right now, and I say be healed in Jesus' name. Bodies, be healed. Terminal illness, be healed. Arthritis, be healed. Back pains, be healed. Liver, be healed. Lungs, be healed. Heart, be healed in Jesus' name. Brain malfunctions, be healed confusion I speak to confusion to thoughts that don't think clearly be healed in the mighty name of Jesus marriages be healed damaged goods you may feel like you're a your whole heart is just full of like glass that's been dropped Be healed in Jesus' name. Recover, be restored in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it, Lord. Would you do this now? Would you just lay your hands on yourself somewhere and say, I lay my hands on myself and I say, recover in Jesus' name. If you have a certain place on your body that, 
that needs healing, just lay your hands on that part of your body. And I say, say, I believe right now. I lay my hands in disease. I believe that recovery starts now. I curse sickness and disease. I curse the oppression of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Thank you for it. Now let's thank God for it. Can we do that? Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. We receive it by faith right now. Emotions, be healed right now. Paralysis, be healed in the name of Jesus. Numbness, be healed. Come back to life in the name of Jesus. Spinal injuries, be healed in Jesus' name. Brain injuries, be healed in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.